Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung here. Thank you for taking a few moments to join us as we take a look at the book. I have a five-hour audio series on CD entitled Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy. These three go together. Creation, the Flood, two major events in history past, and then prophecy. And how does creation and the flood play into prophecy? Well, that's why you need to have your complete copy of Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy, this five-hour audio series on CD, which is available to you. We'll have our study, and then I'll tell you how you can purchase your own copy. But right now, grab your Bible. Let's study about His glory, the Lord's glory in creation and prophecy. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 46. Let me show you the second thing that will make manifest the glory of the Lord. I've got to do this quickly. The second thing that will make manifest the glory of the Lord. We need to see the glory of the Lord. Us today, whatever age you may be, whatever stage in life you are, you need to see the glory of the Lord to realize what he's doing, to have assurance. I want to tell you something. Young people may need to see the glory of the Lord, but I want to tell you something, friends. Those, and the older I get, I'm only 59, but I'm moving quickly towards that time. And you want to know what's going to give peace and comfort at the time when you approach the other side? Knowing he's real. Seeing his glory. Don't let God rob his glory from you. At a special time when you're getting ready to stand face to face to see in person his glory. Let me show you something else that will show his glory. You can look at creation. Look what it says here. Back up here in verse 10 of Isaiah 46, it says this, Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done. Now that's giving evidence that God created in the beginning and he's going to have that in control at the end that he wants. There's a special assurance about that. Now look at verse 13. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be afar off and my salvation shall not tarry and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. You want to know else, how else you can see the glory of the Lord? Study the Jewish people. Focus on the Jew. Oh, we got some Jews living near us, or I have a Jewish doctor. I can't stand that guy. He is so arrogant. No. Overlook that. Study the Jew. The, thir- the twelfth chapter of the book of Genesis, God reaches into all the way over to Ur of the Chaldees and gets a man named Abram. You know where Ur of the Chaldees is? That's modern-day Kuwait. That's southeast of Iraq. That's near the Persian Gulf. And he reaches over there and he gets a man named Abram. He brings him up the Euphrates River over the Fertile Crescent, which is modern-day Syria, down through modern-day Lebanon into modern-day Israel to a city called Hebron. He makes this journey, bringing them into the land. In chapter 14 of the book of Genesis, he calls him the first Hebrew. Very first time the word Hebrew is used in the Bible. I was on the Sea of Galilee one afternoon in a boat. It's a marvelous thing to do in an afternoon. And I was there, and there was a Jewish lady, and I was looking for a way to try to evangelize her. And she looked at me, and she said, I don't know what's wrong with you Christians. I said, what do you mean? She said, don't you know the first Jew was our, I mean, the first Christian was a Jew. I said, well, that's interesting, yeah. 
And I said a few moments, I don't know what's wrong with you Jews. She said, what do you mean? I said, don't you know the first Jew was a Gentile? <laughs> she said, he was. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, how did that happen? So I'm glad you asked me. And I showed her. Abram was a Gentile. He comes into Israel. God calls him a Hebrew. He has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has a wrestling match with Jesus Christ. Another that saw the glory of the Lord. Genesis chapter 32 wrestles him all night. That was Jesus Christ. And when the wrestling match is over, Jesus says, No longer is your name Jacob. Your name is Israel. I will fight for you. And God brings the Jewish people into existence. Have you ever stopped to wonder? Remember how all the world became different nations? They were all one nation all the way the 1500 years from creation to the flood and then the 500 years after that until um, well maybe 200 years after that to the time of Babel do you ever wonder how in the world all the nations were divided of course you know the story uh, somebody wanted to say that you know uh, they were going to build a tower to heaven in Babel remember Nimrod and they were and God was all concerned they're gonna build a tower to heaven can you imagine up in heaven God's going oh I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, Jesus, come here. He was having, you know, an anxiety attack in heaven, I'm sure. No, he wasn't. But he said, I told them to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. They're not going anyplace. They're staying in Babel. And so he comes down there, and he gives them different languages. Man, I'd love to have been there. Old Nimrod giving the orders. All right, get those bricks over here. Let's build this tomorrow. Guy said, what did he say? He said, I don't know. Another guy goes up, okay, pass on, man, you know, or another one, uh, buenos dias, senor, or guten morgen, that's German for good morning, or, uh, you know, they all started. Do you ever wonder how it was that God decided to divide the peoples? You know, he divided them. The countries are not with a border, really, it's language. Have you ever noticed most German-speaking people live in Germany? <laughs> most French-speaking people live in France. And most Italian-speaking people live in Italy. You ever notice that? <laughs> you know how he divided them? Deuteronomy chapter 38, verse, um, chapter 32, verse 8. Chapter 32, verse 8, he said, When God divided the people, their inheritance, he did so according to the number of the Jew. 4,000 years ago, God brought the Jewish people into existence to make manifest his glory to the world. Ezekiel 5, 5 says he puts Jerusalem in the center of the earth. He puts all the nations around her. Exodus 19, he says, I have made you a people above all people, a holy nation, a peculiar treasure. I have done it for four reasons. Number one, I want you to be a testimony of the truth of an almighty, pure, perfect, holy God, his glory. Number two, Give testimony to the blessing receiver and you're obedient to him. Number three, you know what it says in Romans chapter three? What hath the advantage of the Jew? God has given him the scriptures, which makes manifest his glory to give to us, to preserve them, to transmit them to the world. The glory of the Lord is in the Jew. Why is it? You think Satan is trying to rid the world of the Jew. Why is it in the end times, Satan, when thrown out of the heavens, comes to the earth, intensifies his persecution, and tries to kill all the Jews? 
Why was it that Herod the Great said, kill every Jewish baby boy two years of age and under? Why was it that Haman got the law of the Medes and the Persians and Esther, kill the Jews? Why was it that Adolf Hitler said, let's get rid of these Jews? The Holocaust robs the glory of God as evolution robs his glory. The Holocaust, if you can wipe out the Jew, he said to Jeremiah, you tell him as long as the sun and the moon and the stars are in heaven, the Jew will be here. Want to see the glory of God? Somebody says, how are you so excited and turned on about Christian and biblical and spiritual things? Because I live in Israel, and I touch God every day when I walk up and touch a Jew. I touch a Jew. Israel, my glory. One other way we'll see the glory of God. Go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 is going to tell us how we'll see the glory of God. This is the Olivet Discourse. This is God telling us that the end is coming and how it's going to happen. Look at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation, that is that seven-year period of time following the rapture of the church, coming up to the second coming. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Man, it's talking about some unbelievable things in the heavenlies. Verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Want to see the glory of the Lord? It's the coming of Jesus Christ. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will be coming with him in that glory. And if you're here without Jesus Christ, whether you want to recognize it or not, you'll be seeing the glory of God when he comes. The glory of you know, the glory of the Lord hovered in the temple. Thank you for taking a few moments to join with us for this study from our five-hour audio series on CD entitled Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy. And His glory, as we have just studied, can be seen in His creation and the reality of the soon-coming events that will fulfill Bible prophecy. You need to have your own copy of this Creation, Flood, and Prophecy CD set, five hours on audio and CD, by the way. That helps you as you travel along. Well, you need to get your copy by calling 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from across America. Let me give you that number one more time. That's 877-674-3298. Or you may go to our website, go to our shopping mall, and you can purchase this volume right there. The website address, prophecytoday.com. Remember the title of the series, Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy, a five-hour audio series on CD. You know what? As we study Bible prophecy together and look at current events in light of Bible prophecy, we must be aware that the rapture could happen at any moment. And my friend, after having said that, there's really nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up 
until.